What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, we are sitting with the chief development officer and co-founder of Bomani Cold Buzz, and that is Amin Ajanani. So I sit with Amin, and we talk about how his company has grown, but we lean into a third distribution channel that we don't really talk about a lot with CPG products on the show. And it's not e-com, it's not retail. So I, I want you all to stay around, especially if you're in CPG, to hear about this other channel and how Amin is growing his product awareness and also growing sales. Really, really interesting conversation. I think you all will enjoy it. But before we get into it, as always, look, we put on this show here at Cave Social and we help companies grow with social media. So if you're feeling stuck, you want to take your brand to the next level, you want to just, hey, you're like, I need some better marketing. You know, it's time for us to pick it up. Or maybe you work at a company and you're like, my CMO needs some help. Well, you can send them to cavesocial.com or you can head there yourself and hit the contact us button or schedule a call right on our website. And we'd be glad to have a chat and help you out. Well, without further ado, let's sit back and get into this episode. What's up, my marketing people? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, joining me is the co-founder and CDO at Bomani Cold Buzz, Amin Anjanani. Amin, how you doing? Doing well. How are you? Good, man. I'm excited to have you on. The product looks super dope. So that's first of all. Uh, <laughs> the website's fresh. I like it. Now, before we get into all things Bomani Cold Buzz, first, I guess, like, tell us what the product is, and then two, walk us back to like where the idea came from. Like, okay we're actually going to do this, you know, walk me through that founder story. Yeah, absolutely. So Bomani Cold Buzz was started by myself and two of my close friends, Sam Madani and Kai Drury. The three of us graduated from college in 2017, moved out to New York City to pursue careers in finance. I was working at BlackRock, Sam and Kai were working at two different investment banks, respectively. And Basically, our relationship formed around socializing and shared frustration around the fact that like, you know, in finance in New York, you're working, you know, easy 80 hour weeks plus and you're coming home on a Friday night at 22 years old. You're still looking to go out and have a social life, but it's hard sometimes to find that energy on a Friday night or a Saturday morning. So our solution oftentimes was literally to pots of espresso and chase our tequila shots with espresso or make cold brew cocktails, espresso martinis. And in a pinch, we were reaching for things like vodka Red Bulls. In any case, most of those options were just super inconvenient, didn't taste very good, and were often relatively expensive. And for us, it was basically like, man, you know, by solving this problem, we would be helping out a lot more people than just ourselves. This is an issue that kind of transcends generations. People who are much older than us still combine caffeine and alcohol. Um, and everyone's kind of, you know, getting on that espresso martini wave. Wouldn't it be nice if we could create something that was healthier, tastier, and more convenient? And we kind of define those three pillars as our main core focuses for the drink. And so while we were still working at BlackRock or, you know, at our, at our old jobs, <laughs> we would commit like two to four hours every single night on top of our normal you know, hours to this project. And we had no idea if it was viable. We had no idea what the opportunity really looked like. But for about six months, we spent every single night pursuing this project. And in those late nights, we had felt like we had found a sense of purpose. And so Bomani literally translates to have purpose in Farsi. Sam and myself were both the children of immigrants from Iran. And so to us, it was like, man, wouldn't it be cool to integrate some of our own personal backgrounds in, into this drink? And the, the idea of having purpose or offering purpose is something that's very close to us because this drink allows you to pursue your purpose without sacrificing your social lives or your physical health. So 
with all that, we ended up quitting our jobs in early 2019. We did an angel round of financing, spent pretty much all of the year of 2019 building out the infrastructure for the business so that we could scale the business up because the demand that we were seeing was much higher than anticipated. And yeah, we launched two weeks before shelter in place in like 200 retailers. We're now in a little over 1500 retailers in, you know, Walmart, Sprouts, Safeway, Ralph's, Gelson's, Whole Foods, Seder Brothers, among many others. And we're also available D2C. So we've seen some pretty explosive growth and clearly a lot of demand for this drink. Cool. Now talk to me about kind of this third part or third channel with CPG that at least on this show is not talked about a lot and that's on-premise. So talk to me about that opportunity and how you're really fixing or filling a need, you know, for bars and restaurants. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm excited to talk about this because, you know, this is something that I lead within our business and we haven't been able to talk about this for a long time. But in hospitality, right, in the on-premise, in restaurants, clubs, bars, hotels, golf courses, you know, any experience or experiential drinking occasion where you can actually consume on-premise, Bomani offers this really great value proposition that pretty much no other canned ready-to-drink beverage does. And that's we increase margin and throughput which for any business, if you can increase margin and throughput, you're doing pretty amazing things, right? So what we're doing is basically giving you a 15-month shelf-stable cold brew base that already has alcohol in it, that can be stored in an ambient temperature and can be used as the base to your coffee cocktails or served straight up. And when you think about an espresso martini, right? Five to $12,000 for the espresso machine, tons of waste with the coffee grinds, Tons of, you know, inconsistency because the minute you pull espresso, it immediately starts oxidizing and going bad. It takes a long time for your staff, who is always busy, to turn around, pull espresso, add Kahlua, add vodka, whatever else they're adding, and make the drink. And for us, you can get three cocktails out of one can. So I've been spending a lot of time in Vegas, Arizona, New York, LA, Northern California, really working with a lot of these hospitality groups around how Bomani adds value to their properties. And it's been met with resounding, you know, praise because they're basically going, man, you're saving me time, effort, energy, and costs. Like it's a win-win across the board. And in a space that's really owned and dominated by the big players, it's a pretty cool opportunity for us to kind of edge our way in and create brand awareness, but also value for those accounts. I love it. And then this leads me to my next question, which is there's really two fronts you have to to fight when it comes to marketing here. Not only do you have to be on these locations and there when somebody wants a coffee cocktail. So those are the people who already are interested in things like espresso martini. They kind of maybe they're like, hey, I need to graduate from this Red Bull vodka. Trust me, we've all been there. I've plenty of nights. And they're saying, okay, I need something a little more high class. So that's the one consumer. And I get that getting into the establishments, et cetera. But now I want to talk about the other part, which is really just bringing awareness to socialize people who are out that like, hey, this exists, that you can get something that they even know to order it. Like, hey, you can get this and you don't have to have some high sugar energy drink with, you know, two, two ounces of vodka in it. So talk to me about really bringing exposure to the brand that way. Specifically, I know you guys just did something big on TikTok that I'd love to kind of dive into. Yeah, that is the white whale, right? That's the uphill battle. The same way hard seltzers faced a lot of pushback in their early years of like 2016 to 2018. Nobody knew what they were. They didn't understand use cases. They had no idea what to expect when they cracked open a can of White Claw. And now they're on that supernova. For us, it's like when somebody walks into a bar, they're not likely going, oh, I want a Beaumont Cold Buzz. 
So that's kind of why we went that angle of like, get it in the cocktails, let those hero pours happen, create that awareness through association. And then that was really like the physical, you know, that and then in-store demos. When it comes to digital, TikTok has really been an amazing, you know, success story for us. First off, I think the drink just speaks to late millennials and early Gen Z consumers. You know, we offer you two amazing things in a really convenient, better for you format. But basically what we did is we partnered up with an agency that's run by a very close friend of mine. And the idea was, let's create a baseline of awareness first and then work our way into more of like a brand, not like a less branded, but more like creator style account and brand persona for, for Bomani. And so we worked with a few amazing creators and influencers. We aggregated over a two week period, like 16 and a half million views. We saw our online orders jump like you know, a couple thousand percent. I mean, it was insane. Like we are, our online fulfillment warehouse ran out of product three separate times due to demand and they were ordering some seriously massive quantities. So the power of TikTok is real. And it's funny too, because as an alcohol brand, we're already throttled on there anyway. Like and we're already fighting an uphill battle because there are gates that prevent us from traditional advertising on TikTok, but they're, you know, we can still get creative around it. And it's been super successful for us and something that we're literally tripling down on going forward. Something you said really interesting there, and I think brands, we get caught up in like, okay, how can we promote? How can we get out to the masses? And we use influencers and it's great. And that brings awareness. But something that is so, so crucial that you all are doing is you're empowering bartenders to make more money. Bartenders in their circle of friends are the aficionado all things alcohol. Hey, my friend's a bartender. He said, you got to try out this new drink. That is that micro influencer, old school to the like, but it's so powerful. I mean, I was a bartender for years. And when somebody, a brand came in and they equip you with knowledge and you can be like, oh, this is healthy for these reasons, pop, 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 pop. Not only are you more likely to push that to customers, but then to your social circle, which is other bartenders, people in the industry, and then all your friends and family. So, and why I bring that up is because you can't measure it, right? Sure, you can measure like sales at the bars and you can say like, okay, what's the regionality and what's our, have our sales increased in this region where we've done a lot of visits and trainings? Yeah, you can get granular like that, but a lot of these conversations are happening behind closed doors, right? Where you've equipped these bartenders with knowledge and they're just saying to their friends like, hey, you got to try this shit. (laughs) And I just say that because I think a lot of times as brands, we forget that like you flying all over the country and going into these places and doing these things, like that's what it takes consistently. And I think that you have to do the brand stuff on TikTok and work on that, but it's almost two separate tracks to me. And then I think the bigger impact is going to come from empowering bartenders to give people great cocktails faster because time is money when you're behind the wood. And it's just like, and then if you educate them, right? So I'd love to get kind of your thoughts about those two tracks from in terms of marketing. Yeah. Fundamentally speaking, you know, it's a slower burn, but the strength of the you know, industry is really the, that's like the silver bullet, right? So I would completely agree with you that like, if you think about the relationship between consumer and bartender, it's one that's built on trust. I'm trusting you to make me a drink that's not going to taste like shit, right? So, and I'm, and I'm also trusting you on your recommendations, whether it's like, you know, a sommelier at a, at a nice restaurant that's all, that's suggesting wines, or it's a bartender in the back that's going, hey, why don't you try, you know, oh, you're a little tired. Why don't you try this instead? I think it is, you know, you look at a brand like Fernet, Fernet Branca, like they did a great job of that. And now you've got the entire industry of bartenders talking up this drink and not only talking it up, they drink it themselves. And so I completely agree. I think to us, we've always been a partner first brand. That's one of the advantages of being a small brand is that 
there is authenticity behind what we're doing. And so when we walk into a bar or a club and we say, hey, we're not going to shoehorn you into what we think is going to work. How does it work here? And how can we fit into that mold and be the best partners we possibly can be? And so, you know, that also helps us with that with that sales story of like, you know, getting those bartenders on board, getting the waiters, the hostesses, et cetera, all on board to promote and push the product. And, and it's funny that the most viral video we had on TikTok was that exact experience. It was an influencer mocking up the experience of a girl coming to her and saying like, hey, I don't, I'm tired and I'm pre-gaming. I don't know what to drink. What should I have? And the influencer was like, oh, I'll make you this. And it was Bomani, Frangelico and some Baileys. And that was the whole interaction. And so it's funny that you bring that up because that's exactly what went viral for us. It's, it's true. That's funny, man. Taking those like offline experiences and then just replicating them online. You can do that in any industry, listeners, and it's going to resonate with people. Cool, man. Now, before I let you go, let people know where can they grab some Bomani? Where can they learn more about the company and follow you guys online? Yeah. So our website is just drinkbomani.com. That's drink, B-O-M-A-N-I.com. All of our social handles are just at drink Bomani. You can actually order Bomani to be delivered to your door from our website in 33 states. So it'll just be shipped to you. And then you can also pick it up in New York, Arizona, Nevada, and California. Just go to our store locator and type in your zip code. There are also like quick delivery, Fresh Direct, Drizzly, GoPuff, et cetera, that I'll carry it. So yeah, that's just to name a few. Awesome. You guys got it. So if you're listening to this podcast, say it's a Friday night, you're driving home, you're stuck in traffic, you already know what you need. Go get yourself some Bomani, fire it up and have a good Friday. I mean, thanks for coming on today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jordan. All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I'll catch you next time.